You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco. Taco's having some fun here. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording Monday, October 25th. And we are here with Tim Shields, longtime friend of the podcast, uh, elite graphic designer now, all things Celtics. Uh, how are you doing today, Tim? <laughs> doing all right. Just <laughs> pumping up my tires already. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do it. Uh, it's been too long since we've had you on the show, so we're glad to have you back. But uh, we do have to open the show. Sam was at the Celtics home opener. Sam, you're at the you're at the tougher of the two. <laughs> the tougher yeah, of the it, two. it was, you it give was us not a, a very good, good experience. It was probably the worst experience I've ever had at a sporting event, actually. I mean, not only the energy in the building was not good from the jump, regardless of how they played, it was not good. Um, it was it was really cool. They had Paul Pierce there, who rules. They had, you know, all they had Max there, they had Scal, Leon Poe. Oh, Damn, who else they they had Danny was other, there. Danny was there. I think he he straight up left like right after he I didn't see him around. <laughs> and there there's one more person. Who the hell was Max? it? Max. Was it Max? Max, I already said Max. Oh, maybe no no, there's no one idea. more guy. There was Poe, um oh, Tom Satch. Satch. Yeah, Tom yeah. Satch Sanderson. Okay. So yeah, or they Tom had six, six player six legends. It was a pretty good way to start it off. Crowd was weak, man. And to be fair, I mean, from the jump, there was nothing really to be excited about. There was some decent defense early on, but they weren't converting, so there was nothing to get really pumped about. So it was it was not a good time in that respect. The Celtics lose by 40. However, the biggest problem I have is so my buddy, my buddy Frank and I are sitting, you know, watching the team warm up and you know this. This woman comes up with her son, which is fine. You know, you bring your kid to the game. He's obviously very excited. And they are our seat, my seat neighbors. So to my left, there are two seats. And if you listen to the pregame yesterday, which was Sunday, you have heard this story already. I'm sorry if you're listening to it again. Or maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe you enjoyed the story. So <laughs> the two of them, two seats next to me, you know, one directly to my left, the other is the aisle seat. So Kid can't be older than eight or nine. He's excited, um, and he's, you know, not my responsibility. So she sits him next to me. Rather than, if you were a parent, you would not have your kid ideally sit next to a stranger. I just, I don't see it. You have the option for the, now I spoke to somebody with children today, and they said, you know, if the kid's a flight <laughs> risk, then maybe you don't want him by the aisle, which is fair. However, it's you still have to control your kid. Like the kid, I agree with your logic. He was, yeah, he was asking me questions, which was fine. Oh, he talked to you. I yeah, didn't he had a conversation. He came with right oh, up. No. It was loud in there, so I gave him a pass on this one. And he's a kid. Kids are kids, and kids, and he could have had a disability. I don't know, but he, kids are still kids. Jesus, I'm not making fun of him. I'm serious. I, I don't know. And kids and if are he kids. Does, yeah. then I sincerely apologize, but it's still not on him. Regardless, he comes up, he like screams in my ear. Did they do the starting lineups yet? Now I understand 
it's loud in there, so maybe he needs to project his voice. So I'm like, no, they didn't. Whatever. He asked me if, he, if I think Baines is going to play like as a member of the Raptors, which is a fair question because he was on the Raptors last season or the year before. No, no, last season. Yeah, last year. So it's fair. He he knows a little bit. <laughs> but then that's it. I've had it. You know, it's not my kid, but he keeps <laughs> asking me questions. I just start to ignore him, which is fine. He doesn't like freak out or anything. But if you're that parent, you need to like say to the kid, like, leave him alone. Like there was no nothing. And then you had the guy next to my boy Frank. He must have had 20 drinks. He got up 10 or 15 times, you know, walking past us, which was horrible. One of the times the kid to my left does not get up. So the guy has to climb over him with a beer in his hand. He <laughs> spills the beer on the poster, like the game poster, which I like to collect. I enjoy the little. You know, Celtics versus whoever with the player on it. I have like all of them. I always keep one. Not not those, but like the ones you get in. Everyone gets them. That those are special. I like yeah. those ones too. But I was not happy. <laughs> Luckily, I grabbed two, so only the top one was damaged. The, the one I kept is alright. You got to get a double. It's always a double. If there's like two out there that you find and someone has to take them, just gotta take two and just but use yes. the one that's in better condition. Yes. Now, if you if you bring your child to a game, just please like keep him in check. Say something. <laughs> I didn't even get like a you know, you know, uh, like don't worry about him. I got nothing. No acknowledgement <laughs> that I was nice. And it's to not even in the first couple interactions. It's not even like the Celtics gave you something to. You the know, Celtics enjoy. they lose by forty. It was miserable. I can't believe I paid to be there. That <laughs> it was, person it was just ugly. Have to pay for my seat. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean. Like, Brutal. I mean, um, yeah, like I said, we haven't spoken since the first game of the season. We didn't even speak after that first game. So tough loss in double overtime. It is what it is. Sam, I know you were upset that they lost to the Knicks. They, sh- they should not have. Lo- they should be three and zero right now. And I'll contend that <laughs> they should be. They no excuse to lose that first game. Tatum plays bad. You're still in the game. You miss a wide open dunk in whatever overtime. You miss a wide open yeah. layup in the same period. Those are two big momentum baskets that could have put the game to bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just gotta you gotta execute. If you don't have the legs to dunk, then just lay it up. Yeah, it was a great game, but yeah, it was a great game. It was, but they should have won, and they should have played with some kind of backbone against Toronto. I mean, it's not like it was close, and you can say this could have went that way, but mm-hmm. Toronto is not a team that should be blowing you out by forty, mm-hmm. and really isn't a team you should be losing to. What do they have? Twenty-one turnovers. Yeah, turnovers yeah, like that. up until yesterday were a huge problem. I, they I seemed will, to figure it out a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I will say that they that. The overall like flip of the switch there was pretty good just because I'm actually going to go ahead and pull it up right now to see what the actual turnover numbers were. But I mean, they at one point, I think they had five turnovers in the game, and I think they might have finished around like under 10, which for them is really good. 11, I think just over. Okay, so that's Close perfect. Any, any well, they were at a point where it was like if they had under fourteen turnovers in a game, like that was good, and like that is good because they scored on every single opportunity they could um, going against the Rockets. So, I mean, at one point, I think they they probably had over thirty points off of Rocket turnovers, which is crazy. Yeah, it was it was a great bounce back game. Obviously, Jason Tatum. Uh, heard my slander on the pregame show and decided to play basketball again, uh, which, like I said, I, I was I was waiting for him to do, and I'm glad he did it. But um, Jason Tatum looked and bad. You could tell he absolutely heard. I mean, obviously, probably not our criticism, but he heard <laughs> what yeah. people said, and he took it and he made a change, which is good. Good on him. 
he didn't get miserable. He didn't say, you know, F everybody. I'm going to do, I'm playing my, you know, he didn't make an excuse. He went out there. He played harder. You saw it right in the first play of the game. He gets a steal, mm-hmm. hustles, gets out, gets the dunk. Great start for Tatum. Scores eight quick points to start the game. He was the only guy doing anything. Grant comes in, who has also been fantastic, much to the chagrin of Jack. Shout out. Who has been telling you all about Grant. And Grant, I mean, yeah. 15 points yesterday or 18. 18, 18. points for Grant, I believe. 18 so good points, on Grant. He's been consistent shooting. Deep. And say what yeah. you want about Grant. He's the reason it went into overtime in game one. He needs the credit where it's due. If you're still hating on Grant, I don't know what you're doing. He does not deserve it at this point in time. He needs a nice pat on the back, I think. Right now, speaking of nice, he's shooting right around 69% from three. So that's that's Fantastic. very nice, if you're asking me. Uh, beautiful from him. But no, yeah, I mean, he's probably, I mean, without looking at the stats, I, I think he might be their third leading scorer this season. Is that wrong? He He's up there. He's top five. He should he put be. Up 15 in the first one. Obviously, everyone had a down game versus the Raptors, but then 18 last night with Brown out. I mean, he's been nothing short of incredible. He's the best spot up catch and shoot shooter on the team. You cannot convince me otherwise. Um, Yeah, no, Grant Grant has been absolutely amazing. Every single shot in that Rockets game when he was able to take his time. It was one he missed. It gave him time. He had to rush. Yeah, I mean, the only time he missed was when he was rushed. He he's right around twelve point seven points per game right now. The craziest thing is he's shooting like seventy percent from the field and just under seventy percent, as he said, from three. So like the one spot he's struggling with is the free throw line where he's shooting fifty percent, but he doesn't shoot. Well, a lot he of free he throw, only shot so. two, right? Yeah, exactly. That might be he one shot two, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So I think I mean f- another thing that's crazy is free throws overall like per game have gone down it's like the lowest in nba history it's like i saw that that's under under like 20 free throws a game 19.5 right now that's crazy that's That's good man it's good i'm glad they're not getting the easy ones anymore where they're jumping into dudes we've we haven't even seen people try it that's how you know they weren't it's not a natural thing i mean I think fournier tried doing it in the first game when they played the knicks but besides that i can't think of Anytime somebody straight up tried to like foul bait, Tatum put his leg out a little bit last night or whenever you're listening. He did it during the Rockets game. Daniel Tice yeah. got a little bit offended by it, but, but he's shooting a fadeaway. That's what they said. He's shooting the a fader. It's just yeah, that's the natural move. He didn't do it. Yeah, on exactly. Yeah. So I he agree didn't with jump that. into Tice and then throw yeah. his arms up and throw it off the backboard and say, What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing it a lot around the league. I've seen, you know, Steph's gotten caught a couple times. Uh, Trey, James Harden, those classic. Well, good. Know, those guys players. shouldn't be doing it. It's not part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's not well, something they do. <laughs> well, it shouldn't have been. It's John Morant almost got away with it last night against the Lakers. I don't know if you saw that. Well, uh, I know he, he missed a free throw to tie the game, which is very. That was because he got fouled on a three point shot and he was at the line. Now, did he get tough. fouled, fouled, or did he jump into somebody? It was Kent Bazemore, so I'm pretty sure it was it was a legit foul because he can't <laughs> he should not be on guarding John Morant. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, Celtics bounce back win versus Houston. Tim, did you think that? I personally think that they played better in those last three quarters. The first quarter was rough. I know we all saw that. We were like, oh no, don't tell me they're gonna lose to the Rockets. And then they turned it around. What are the key things you saw that will let them turn that game around and get the first win of the year? 
I think the passing, it just kind of took off there a little bit. And I think another thing, specifically when it comes to Jason Tatum, they were trying to find ways to get him open organically. They weren't forcing the ball. There was at one point, there was one possession where there was probably about six or seven passes and they hit Tatum like over the, like right in the paint for just like a quick layup. And it was a lot of passing, but it was good if that makes sense it's not like they were overpassing they were literally just keeping the ball moving and finding a shot organically and it happened to be for Jason Tatum so like being able to hit guys in stride like that was big and I just think overall that that ball movement and taking care of the ball like they've been really responsible with it so far and I think that's kind of made the difference um and I think another thing is just not slacking on defense too they've really are trying to get those switches down. And I think that's going to be like, honestly, that's probably the biggest hurdle that they have right now is getting used to that switch everything system. Yeah, I think that's horrible. I I don't like the switches. I just, (laughs) I've been out on it since the playoffs. This is not a new thing. They were trying to do that in the Brooklyn series. Kyrie, no, I think Harden was the one I think I noticed it the most, would come up the floor and Rob Williams is sitting there guarding him with nothing earned that you're gonna make them earn the switch you're switching when guys just run across paths you're not even just play a zone then that way at least you're you're still kind of doing the same thing but you still have a big guy down low so you're not allowing offensive boards all game like you did against toronto yeah they were I, better I they, yesterday against houston that was what i was gonna say you know i i agree with tim they look really great moving the ball through all the games really it hasn't worked out in all of them, they have turned it over a lot. They got that under wraps, but against Houston, it is Houston. It's a team that should be bottom five, but it's a start. You've got a team that hasn't lost yet tonight in Charlotte at Charlotte. You have an opportunity to prove yourselves here. I think going into it, the way the NBA works, I think they should win. You have a team that's won three in a row. They have not lost yet. They're at a point where they could get comfortable and lose, even if they are better than the Celtics. They've made significant improvements to their roster, gotten deeper, added Ubre, filled that hole in the middle with Plumley, who's a serviceable big. They got the Celtics killer now, Sam. Ish who's, Smith. Been Ish Smith. Charlotte. Ish Smith is just not somebody I put on that list, even though it's the numbers back it up. And I, He's I'm been not so good. He is a killer. Too. He's a killer. When you really say good. Celtics killer, I think Middleton, really. Like, that is the <laughs> guy. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, Ish Smith can be up there. He, he cooks them. Well. It's crazy every time. I've been at an Ish him. Smith game before where he killed them. Um, it, it just it happens, man. He and showed he's, up he's big in the play-in game. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are some other guys that are just absolute killers, man? That every time. Forty eight now. Forty eight uh, before 40, he was on the Celtics. Forty eight now. <laughs> um, I would probably say that at least when he was playing, Greg Monroe was. Greg Monroe was the Celtics killer. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Was the Celtics killer for a while? Play pretty well. Yeah, he always cooked them on the inside. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else off the top of the head that was just constantly Celtics killer, at least of recent memory. It's not. It's not consistently (laughs) first-hand experience. Yeah, Jack and I were both at that one. That was miserable. I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you weren't at that one. I was at the um the one we were both at was the Pistons one where Brad Taco Taco Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, getting back to the Celtics, the ball movement. Looked really crisp uh, to me last night. Like you said, they kind of gave Tatum some more opportunities to do what he does best in space. And Ime Udoka referenced that after the game. He was like, at one point, I saw Tatum make something out of nothing. 
uh, and kind of just looked at him and said, you know what, <laughs> you're good enough. I'm going to let you do what you need to do sometimes. Uh, and that'll just have to be the game plan. But um, I, I think overall their passing has been much improved this season, like he was referencing in uh, the offseason when he was poking fun at Brad Stevens. Um, and I think just the whole team this year does a great job of it. Like that pass Rob made last night was gorgeous, right? You have Al who can facilitate in the post. Grant Williams, like, I mean, just the little things. He looks like a better passer this year. Obviously, Lankford can pass. Pritchard can pass. Jalen Brown's getting better. You just have a bunch of guys who know how to move the ball. And when you have elite scorers like Tatum and Brown on the team uh, who, who can score when they get the ball in those positions, it helps a lot. Um, plus, when you have, I mean, the best shooter in the league, Grant Williams, on the roster, that helps as well. I mean, hey, right now, like, I don't know how you can say otherwise. Right now, he might just be the best shooter in the league. Well, um, <laughs> Schroeder and Horford need shouts from yesterday. Well, Horford through two games has been fantastic, averaging a double-double. Yeah, let's talk Horford, though. And uh, Schroeder needs a nice pat on the back after yesterday, too. He was big mm-hmm. in that pull-away effort. Yeah. We, let's talk Horford, then we'll circle back to Schroeder because I think yeah. there's more to discuss in terms of his role. But let's yeah. start with Horford. I mean, the guy, listen, Jack, I don't know how much you doubted me when I was telling, I was hammering this all spring. And then the trade happened. I wasn't. And then doubting. I hammered it all summer and I said, he's going to be fine. There are people that thought he was washed. There were, yes. People that thought he wouldn't be able to contribute. Thought it was a bad trade. We've played three games, so let's not get ahead of it. <laughs> but he looks really great. And it's Al Horford, dude. Like, he's not someone that's going to need all kinds of athleticism to get his game to work. He just isn't that kind of player. Defensively, he looks solid. He's blocking shots like nothing. His three-point shooting has left some to be desired. I'm sure it'll step up. If, especially if he's dealing with like some kind of injury that might have a some kind of reason for it. But he looks good, man. He's putting up better numbers through three games or yeah. two games for him that then he put up as an all-star here for two seasons as an all-star and then a third as a non-all-star. I mean, he looks really great. And I was right about this one so far. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. that you're wrong. because I don't think you ever really <laughs> disputed me hardcore, but for those that did, you you are wrong. Tim, what are you thinking about? Uh, I think he's looked good so far. Um, definitely did well with that rest uh, when they rested him with OKC. I did get a little bothered by the three ball last night, but he did hit a big one uh, at one point that kind of helped stem the flow. Agreed. But I mean, he was one for six from three. So got to get used to shooting that ball a little bit just to help the spacing a little bit more, especially if Boston's going to roll with the double bigs permanently, or at least, you know, a majority of the time. But overall, you know, this is, he's adding an element that they were missing. I think, you know, he, he gives that switchability. He's a great passer. He's a good locker room presence. Everyone seems to love him again. So uh, I don't think that ever changed. But having that kind of presence in the locker room, a guy who's a veteran who can help kind of right that ship it is important. I, After all of the locker room issues we've seen before, I, I cannot overstate how important it is to have a guy who's good with chemistry. And I think Horford checks a lot of boxes for what the Celtics need. Yeah. And, and like you said, Sam, he's putting up better numbers right now, again, through two games. Um that he was doing the first time uh, in Boston. It's 14-10, and the defensive numbers are crazy. One and a half steals, three and a half blocks through two games is kind of ridiculous. And but um, 
he got to the line nine times yesterday. Yeah. Well, he took nine free throws, so like he got there probably five times. Yeah, but he looked really good, man. He works in the post. I miss having that post presence. You missed it last year. You missed it the year before. It's a good way to get a basket when another team is on a run. It slows the game down, and you usually get a decent look out of it. Yeah, for sure. Do you think Horford's rebounding and you know post presence is going to affect Robert Williams' growth or numbers or anything like that? Because I mean, not that he struggled last night because they won, and I thought he looked okay. But the box score, two points, four rebounds, you know, not exactly what you want from your starting center. I'm not concerned by it. I just wanted to bring it up because it, it seems as though he did have an off night. Tim, do you think that Horford, obviously positive in the sense that he's going to mentor him, but those those box score numbers looked a little bit down for Rob? I think overall it's bigger than the box score. I think it's just more about how the players are going to be utilized. Like I think Rob in some ways was going to not be part of that game plan offensively. Do I think that they need to get him more involved? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think going up for lob threats, trying to get him running in transition is a big thing, Um, but they didn't really get cooking in the fast break. They only had 12 points on the night, so it's not like they were really running in transition a lot. I also think with Al Horford specifically, he was a guy who was going to be able to get to the line, draw free throws and hit them. I mean, eight for nine, actually currently, at least right now through three games, He's second on the team in attempts only to Jalen Brown. So he's clearly able to get to the line and draw contact. I don't know if I would say the same thing about Rob Williams, but again, I'm not too worried about it. I just think that Rob is needing to develop a little bit more on the offensive end anyway. I think Al Horford has a much more polished game in that regard. Um, That's not a knock against Rob. It's just more so what the team is looking for. So who knows? Maybe eventually he'll get more involved. We kind of want to see him shoot some jumpers, like legitimate jumpers, because he started to do that a little bit um, over the past like year or so. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm not going to get overreacted and like get upset about it. I don't think it's a problem. See, I don't think it's a problem either. I what I do think is a problem is he looks like he's not necessarily confident going up underneath the basket last night there was a play specifically that i remember he had some smaller player on him not far from the basket i believe the guy was even behind him on a awkward catch and he did not just go up and dunk which was weird because we all know he's capable of making that an easy play with his athleticism very strange do i think horford's affecting it maybe I don't think Horford's the problem. And if it really comes down to it and they don't think the two can play together, I'm convinced that Horford should be the starter, not only because he has put up better numbers, which doesn't always mean everything, especially to me. I think he's a better fit with the starting five. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he allows to allows the team to space the floor, but also that Rob Williams is literally we've seen him flourish in the bench role comes off great energy, athletic gets out, gives you a safety valve for offense. If you throw it up to him, he throws it down. I mean, you can't beat that off the bench now mm-hmm. to put in a nice segue here to Schroeder. I think he's going to do the same if, thing. <laughs> if you do move Williams to the bench, I think Schroeder might be your guy to start. You put him to start point guard. I like the way it worked yesterday. If you want to slide smart to the shooting guard, that works. He's done that his whole career. If they decide they don't want him playing point guard this year, I'm sure it's all right. I think Smart is also bought into the role where he's not chucking. He is distributing. 
and much picking his year. shots carefully. Even though much he better. hasn't been efficient shooting, it's been really good for the team, I think. And he knocked down the big one against the Knicks. So say what you want about him, but he's still going to make the. I th- I feel like he makes a lot of bigger shots. Yeah, but I think Schroeder looked really great yesterday, specifically against Houston. When he plays extended minutes, I think he's able to get more comfortable. We saw in the Raptors game, he struggled for some amounts of time, but then he kind of got his footing in like the third quarter when they started making a little bit of a comeback. I think he was a decent part of that hustling. When he's out there longer, I think he's more encouraged to hustle. And when he hustles, he is really a hustler. He makes some plays that make you go, wow. So yeah, if he gets those starting minutes, I'm interested to see how it works out for him. Mm-hmm. It's early though. T- Tim, what are you thinking of Schroeder? Do you think he should be in that starting lineup? Or even if not, like, what did you see yesterday uh, in the Rockets game? I mean, he we talked about it before, but he really helped kind of close that door towards the end of the game. He really was hot. He was getting into the mid-range a little bit. Um, and he's pretty crafty with the ball. He moves pretty fast. And because of that, he's able to get loose a little bit and create some space. So he, he operated well in that mid-range. Um, and he had no problem getting underneath the hoop. Um, that pass earlier in the game from Rob was awesome. Um, and it looks like he's really developing chemistry. He's also thrown a couple lobs to Rob as well. So like that could be a pretty good tandem if you're trying to add a little bit of speed and add a little bit more rim running. So that could be a pairing that they could turn to. Uh, and so maybe maybe you use him more on the bench. But I don't know. I think he adds a little bit more to the pace. I thought... I thought when he was on the floor, they were really pushing the ball up the floor. It just feels like they play faster with Schroeder. Maybe that's just like the illusion of just, oh, like a shiny new thing. Like we have a legitimate backup point guard. Like, oh, wow. And he's just able to get to the rim faster than a lot of other guys in the roster. But I like Schroeder. And maybe if you're trying to change it up a little bit, you put him in at the one and smart at the two. Or maybe you do a spot start with Schroeder on there and you try and put another shooter out there maybe romeo if he ends up getting healthy again or crazy that he's a shooter now it's crazy that romeo is a shooter now (laughs) i was disappointed with aaron neesmith too honestly but he he just looks a little out of rhythm i don't know he'll get it he'll figure it out zero points this year he's gonna be the grant of 25 which i completely forgot about by the way they mentioned on the broadcast i was like oh that that was a thing he missed his first 25 threes they were calling him ben simmons yeah well (laughs) Well, at least he was um, shooting him. <laughs> yeah, back to Schroeder. Um, I like the speed he brings, like you said, Tim, both in the sense that he gives the team more speed, and I like the change of speed he has as a player. Like, the shiftiness. He'll go from just walking up the court, and boom, he's gone, cutting uh, to the basket. And he, he hasn't shown much as a shooter so far. We know he can shoot because of you know seasons past, and OKC okay, shot well. He shot okay last year in L.A., um, he hasn't shown that range, but driving to the rim and making plays at, uh, like off of the drive, uh, he's been great so far. And that's a look that the Celtics don't really have for many other players, because realistically, Marcus Smart mostly makes his plays on the perimeter. But having that look uh, with the point card who can make plays off the drive is is nice to have. Um, that to, being to said, harp on that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Tim, you know, you brought it up first. Him getting to the rim is something different. And I think that's what separates him from Smart as the. You know, if you want to have the starting point guard debate in the long run, I think it makes it easier for the guys around him because you don't need Tatum to have to create everything. You don't need Brown to have to create everything. Schroeder being able to get to the rim draws defense and he's quicker than those two guys. 
He's making great passes. That's why he was so impactful yesterday. I mean, he set Smart up on a cut that I didn't even see because oh, he was yeah, driving. That, Smart had an amazing finish with that yeah, one. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think him being able to get to the basket is something you need out of your guard, your, your starting point guard with this team. And I was kind of thinking about it yesterday before the pregame, not with him, but I was like, you know, maybe Smart as the starter isn't, or at least point guard isn't the best because he doesn't, it, it hasn't been his game ever in the league to do that, which is fine. It's just not his game. But I think that's what makes a really great point guard that's going to distribute to scorers like Tatum and Brown because he takes a lot of the work off their shoulders by getting into the basket. Yeah. So then Schroeder comes out yesterday and does that. And it's like, oh, yeah. You know, maybe they don't need to like try and get somebody. They kind of have that. They just need to learn how to get it into the lineup and get these guys playing together. Yeah, I've liked the Schroeder lineups a lot this season. And speaking of lineups, I, I think I mentioned this to you guys on a, a pregame show a couple of days ago. It seems like Udoka has his rotation and he's not going to break it. He has the, it's 11 players and they don't all even need to necessarily play a ton of minutes. But it looks like he's only going to play those 11 players this season. And if one of them's out, he'll only play 10. And if another one's out, he'll only play nine. I, I don't think he wants to uh, dip into the rest of the team. You saw Cantor and Juancho get minutes uh, in the Raptors game, but that's because they were already down by 30. The game didn't oh, matter Oh, did anymore. I see it? <laughs> With my right, own eyes. So you got Jason, Jalen, Marcus. That's three. Uh, Schroeder, Smart, Rob, Al, Peyton, Neesmith, uh, Langford, and Josh Richardson. And that's all you have for the whole Celtics rotation right now. He doesn't want to go, you know, deep into the bench for any reason. He'll play those guys a ton of minutes. And I, I've been trying to look for differences in coaching, like, throughout the season because it's still weird to me that Brad Stevens isn't the head coach anymore. I want to see how Udoka coaches. I want to see his style. And one thing that stuck out to me, uh, stuck out to me, sorry, as different from last year, last year all the time we saw Celtics would be up by 15, by 20, you know, by a little bit. Brad throw in the bench for a little while, boom, blow the lead. Starters did not come out last night. They played the entire game. They played the rest of the game. Celtics were up by 10, 15 with two minutes left. Udoka was like, nah, Tatum, stay in. And I mean, it worked, right? The, the Rockets, we saw them go on a run, but then since Tatum was still in the game, boom, shut it down. Schroeder was still well, in the game, boom, shut it Tatum down. Tatum was I out it. when they okay. went on that little mini run. And then they subbed them back. And they in. weathered it while he was still on the bench. Exactly, because he, he didn't throw like in bench said, players. Yeah. The bench was still kind of out there. Not meaning the bench bench, but they were able to weather the storm without Tatum and Brown, who didn't play on the yep. court, which is not something you saw last year. It's because you're not throwing in Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, Shemi Ojale, right. and Luke Cornett onto the floor. <laughs> and hear me out here. And it was so, Houston. Me, yeah. did not have their guys Green and uh, Porter Jr. I don't even know if they were in at that point when they were making the run. I can't remember either, but like Houston still has some shooters. They almost shot like 44% from three. And I will say this, like, I don't think that was necessarily Boston's fault. I no, do think that they have some not. really good three point shooters. Like that's a team that if they weren't in the West, they probably would have a chance to be a play in team and who knows, but I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of set up to tank for another young guy. I mean, I think Scal said on the broadcast too, he was like, yeah, this team's expected to be bad. So like they'll probably add another like top 10 pick. And I was like, okay, geez. But I, I guess maybe like they could be staggering minutes. So like maybe it's less about the total and more about how many like breaks they have in between. So like maybe you're subbing Tatum out for a few minutes and then putting him back in for the rest of the game to help close it out. Like 
if they're able to stagger minutes and give like good amounts of rest, then maybe that minutes total doesn't matter. But uh, it's been really high so far. He had almost Tatum almost had 37. Al was just under 30. Rob was just under 28. Um, Smart had 35, almost 36. So like those are a lot of those key rotation guys, including Schroeder and Grant too. Grant had 30 minutes. Like that's a lot of minutes, man. That's a lot. One thing about the uh, rotations is I think, you know, Coach Udoka was planning to do this. You know, now the injury happens, so Brown's not playing. But to keep one on the floor at all times, and the reason it didn't particularly work in the first two games is because they respectively, you know, each of them had their own game where they didn't really do anything. So Tatum was useless against the Knicks. Brown was really off against the Raptors. So you saw moments in the game where the team would stall out because when the main scorer, Tatum or Brown, was on the bench, the other wasn't picking it up. Yesterday, Schroeder stepped up, Grant stepped up, Al Horford stepped up, and it allowed for Tatum not to have to do everything and you know carry the team. In the first quarter, that wasn't the case. They only had like 15 points with four minutes to go. It was really bad because Tatum was the only one that could score. Grant comes in, knocks down some threes. Second half, Schroeder turns it up a little bit, starts going to the basket and finishing. Looked great. So figuring out how to maintain a level of scoring when your top guy is out is going to be a big thing for this team. I know I've said this. Obviously, you guys have heard me say it like so many times. You're probably sick of it. I just need to talk about Grant Williams again. He's just, <laughs> he's so good. And this is what you wanted from him when you got him and he stepped into this role, right? When you wanted him to play power forward, you wanted him to be a stretch four that can defend. That's literally what he's doing right now. He obviously, outside of tackling Kevin Porter Jr. against the, the Rockets, which was ridiculous, um, he's playing solid defense. And he got cooked by Julius Randle, but he was playing good defense against Julius Randle, too. It's just that Julius Randle's really, really good. So there's not much you can do. He's making 69 nice percent of his shots right now, and that's going to go down. But even if that sticks around 38 to 40 percent, you're going to be extremely happy with the way he's shooting the ball. Um and when he goes in this inevitable slump that's going to come at some point, that'll take his three-point percentage down to 40% because he's not going to shoot 70 all year. There's going to be people saying, oh, this guy stinks, send him away. He's doing everything you need him to do right now. He's turning into this, you know, uh, he's not P.J. Tucker defensively, but that sort of mold of the 3 and D shorter, scrappy power forward you want on your team. And I don't know what people expect from him. He's 22 years old. He's excuse me, going to keep improving. This is exactly what you wanted from him when Danny Ainge drafted him, and I could not be happier. It's just, yeah, um, so, so, so pleased with the way Grant Williams has been playing this season. It's great. I think, I, I think it's funny because when I saw that foul on Kevin Porter Jr., I was like, that was like L.A. Fitness, like rec league gym foul, where it's like he just wrapped the guy up. Like, don't let him get a shot. It, of him. it wasn't like, malicious, though. Like, no, and the ref saw that. Wasn't. That's why the most ridiculous one, and I'm sorry to interrupt, was when they were on the break and Schroeder, like, 
intentionally fouled the guy and then they reviewed for a flagrant. That was a flagrant. That should have been a flagrant. flagrant it wasn't a flagrant. He was he, Sam. Yes, he hit him hard, yes. but that's because he was trying to grab him before he got Sam, away to no. intentionally Sam, foul. angry. If you're calling angry. a flagrant malicious intent, that was the definition of malicious intent. One. He was mad at the refs, so he went and he swung at Jay Sean Tate. He just hit him in the yeah, shoulder. He swung down. Like he, It wasn't like he wasn't gonna hurt him. He, it, like you said, he, he was trying to. It was a fresh. It was a fresh. <laughs> well, if he hit him in the face, it's different. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he was going for the ball, then sure. I mean, ultimately, they ruled it. They ruled it that it was not going to yeah, be I mean, um, anything ridiculous. serious. So you know, uh, ultimately, I think it was just. I think it was the right call to make. Like I don't think calling a flagrant really does any good for anybody. But you know, uh, either way. Um, so getting back to Grant, I look. If you get any kind of decent shooting out of him, if he can shoot 45 to 50% from the field and above 40% from three, I honestly think you have to consider keeping him in the starting lineup at the four, unless you're trying to put Tatum there eventually. Like, I think the team ceiling goes up a little bit if Grant Williams takes this leap because I don't think anybody accounted for this. I'm, no. I just, sorry, I saw a thread on Twitter. Um, so are any of you Grant Williams haters changing your mind at all? And I just wanted to go into the replies because <laughs> oh, this, no. this is great. Um, someone is saying, like, I don't think he'll ever be an impactful defender. I think that's bogus. I don't understand how you can say he's never going to be an impactful defender. He was a great defender his rookie season. Obviously, the down year, he's going to be he's gonna be great. Um, some guy said, yes, three games has changed my mind about a career scrub. Again, you're a clown. I don't get it. Um, it's just like, why? I don't understand. And I understand hating on people who have like egos or whatever. Like, um, I can't think of any good examples right now. But like LeBron. Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns or something or in that Tim Wolf situation a few years ago is Braun is fine, whatever. Grant Williams is quite literally one of the nicest people in the NBA. He's one of the vice presidents of the Players Association. He he does all this stuff. He he's like, again, one of the nicest dudes. This comedy, whatever. Lived with Kemba, played Catan for three weeks. Like, just the randomest stuff, and you're hating on him for no apparent reason when he's playing well. And the dude went out there in the summer and got better. So, what are you hating on? He dropped 15 pounds. He's got his shot down. He's he's back to where I think every time he shoots it, it's going in. It's going to be disappointing when he eventually starts to shoot at least like a normal elite three-point shooter would, where they still miss like 60% of them. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah he's gonna cool off eventually but he might not suck you know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean he's gonna suck if he cools off it just means he's not gonna be playing at this insane level where he's making almost 70 percent yeah I- i'll never understand like I-, I can get critiquing the team like saying okay they should do this better people will just say guy's a g-league player like bro first of all get off twitter and go outside Second of all, like, <laughs> just like why? There's That's my no favorite thing. It's just I, my favorite insult lately when I play video games is when people get mad, like in the in the chat or whatever. I just tell them to touch grass. Like, oh, <laughs> touch like, grass. Yeah, like, stop, like stop. Like there's no reason. Like I've died six times in this video game, but you, you know, sit in your chair all day doing nothing productive. Anyways, we don't have to get into that. I, like I don't get it. Just don't hate for no reason. At least have some val- validity to your argument. And there's right now there's no valid reason to hate on Gray Williams. And and the main critique everyone is saying he's too small. Guys, this is the the way the no, NBA is not. going. This it's is the way thing. This is the way the NBA is going. You look at PJ Tucker. He just played a crucial role in winning the Milwaukee Bucks Draymond. championship. 
Draymond Green, perfect example as well. Even Al Horford, he's like what six nine, six ten for a center in the NBA. Yeah, like, that's cap. He, like he's really probably like six eight. Exactly. Rob is two inches taller than Grant Williams, and he's praised for his shot blocking ability. I understand Grant Williams is not the athlete of Robert Williams, but come on, guys, let's let's calm down a little bit here. And I, I am the president of the Grant Williams fan club, and there is a Grant Williams, you know, fan club Twitter, and I follow that heavily. So like shout out to you. He's having Great. a field day, as <laughs> hey, he should. Rightfully be. so. Happiest rightfully guy on Twitter so. outside of Jack. <laughs> For real, I was I, I was popping off on the pregame show last night, and then when Grant went out and played like that, you just I was undefeated. I I, I felt like the king of the world. Uh, no one could tell me I was wrong. It was it was amazing, but um. Yeah, the next thing I wanted to uh, talk about, uh, I saw this tweet earlier, um, and I'm struggling to find it at the moment, but it, it was an on and off numbers of Grant. Well, uh, it's not Grant Williams. I've got Grant on the mind. Uh, on off numbers of Jalen Brown, and it was essentially the fact that um, obviously it's only been three games. Uh, they have the Hornets tonight. I don't know when you guys are listening to this uh, if it's going to be the night after the Hornets game. If we'll put this out in the morning or right after this, but. Um, on-off numbers with Jalen Brown on and off the court, it's pretty much the Celtics won a game, obviously, with Jalen Brown not playing. And they're still, like, minus 35 without him, or plus 35 with him and minus 10 without him. They're still, like, negative without him on the court. and very, very positive. But, um, yeah, what's I ha- up? There? I have it up. It's from Andy Bailey, so take that with the biggest grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> so the Celtics won their third game by 10 points without Jalen Brown. Team is still plus 19 when he's on the floor and a negative 45 when he's off the floor. Okay. I think part of that is also just the fact that Jason Tatum hasn't played consistently. Uh, we saw a lot better of an effort last night or last For game sure. uh, against the Rockets. So maybe that'll balance out a little bit. And also just because game one, Jalen Brown went super saiyan. So maybe that's part of it. But I I think Jalen Brown is a really positive influence on the lineups. I just wonder if he's more of a positive influence than some other players. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with him being a positive influence when he legit carries your team to an overtime, scoring 46 points, you know, when Tatum was really having an off night, scoring enough for the both of them. But... He even had an off night against Toronto, and those numbers are still crazy. So I'll be happy to have him back. I hope he plays against Charlotte. And I I think he he makes things easier going back to saying, you know, you should have one of those two guys on the court at all times. That way you don't have a drop-off in scoring and lulls that allow teams to either pull away from you or to get back into a game that they're out of. He's really important for that. And if it wasn't for... You know, three guys stepping up against Houston, it would have been more of an issue of him not playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, hopefully he's back against Charlotte tonight or last night, whenever you guys are listening to this. Um, Al Horford, also questionable. Romeo Lankford, doubtful. Uh, so I, I guess we'll have to see in that regard what happens. But um, speaking of Charlotte, I just saw this stat. Um, and like I said, I really don't know if this is going to be out after the game or before the game. Charlotte's bench right now is plus 56 this season. So they're very, very good. <laughs> Charlotte is a very good basketball team. They should not be under uh, underestimated. Miles Bridges averaging 25 points. LaMelo averaging around 23, uh, 7, and 6. They're great in transition. Second most transition points in the NBA right now. Or points off turno- turnovers, excuse me. Um, 
they're super fun to watch. This is going to be Hayward's first time uh, playing the Celtics since leaving because he was hurt both times. I forgot he was even on the team. I was looking at it today, and I was like, oh, I forgot yeah. he was on that team. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's not the leader anymore, though. It is Bridges and Ball. It is um, – what do they call themselves? They have they have a, a nickname that I'll think the of. The Killer Bees? <laughs> no, it, it's a real – Airbnb, which is fun. Oh, I like that. Really sick, right? But, um, yeah, they're going to be fun. Uh. What do you guys think of the matchup? Like I said, this might be out after the game's over, so hopefully uh, those listening know a positive result and not a sad one. But, uh, Tim, what do you think of the matchup against Charlotte tonight as we're recording this? I think this is a tough matchup. I think you're looking at a team that's really young and athletic that's going to run in transition. Um, uh, LaMelo is nice. He's a really good ball handler. Um, Obviously, we all have some T-Row love here, but they've got a lot of good shooters. Um, I don't have their stats up now, but I know that they're out, by the way. Tiro not Oh, okay. Tiro's played one game this season. He has an ankle sprain, but yeah. Okay. I just think that like they're a really good shooting team um, when they get out in transition. Like that's a team that you get worried about because they're athletic. They're young. um, They can play with a lot of pace. And because of LaMelo, like he's going to be able to throw pitches up the court. Like they they have the ability to really get out and run. And I think that's going to be on the Celtics to match this. So I kind of want to see how they try and match that pace. And if they try and slow the game down a little bit and see where it goes from there. And I also kind of want to see what happens with Gordon Hayward, because I mean, look, I don't care what you think about the contract. I still think he's a glass man. And I think that the Celtics are better off not having him around. Didn't think think I'd say that, but. (laughs) Well, as far as Charlotte is in tonight's matchup goes, I think. It's kind of a trap game for Charlotte, and I think it's a good opportunity for the Celtics to continue to trend in the right direction. Um, You know, saw a nice turnaround in Houston yesterday. They improved on the turnovers. Ball movement continues to look good. Defense continues to look solid, even though the switching sucks. Uh, Interior defense has been good with Horford and Williams blocking shots, making it difficult for guys around the rim. Um, It's going to be tough tonight. you got to take care of the ball, like Tim said. Those guys will get out and run on you. Jack knows about Charlotte more than anybody. But I I truly think it's an NBA. I don't know if cliche is the right word, but this is just a. The epitome of the NBA, I guess, of a team that is, you know, it's been three games, but undefeated against team that is underachieving. And it's a trap games happen. It's weird saying the Celtics are involved in the trap game. They're not going to be the team being trapped, but. I don't know. I think Charlotte is riding high. Foot might be off the gas. Attention to detail might be a little bit off. Maybe they're dialed in. Who knows? But I, I kind of feel like it's a good opportunity. Again, Celtics to trend in the right direction and continue to improve. You're not going to want to hear this, but I think it is. I think they're completely dialed in. They look really good. Oh, and I don't it, doubt it. No, yeah. With the teams you see tend to take off the gas. gas excuse me. They're usually these, you know championship favorites like LeBron veteran whatever led teams this team is young they are hungry and I genuinely think they have a shot at making the playoffs not the play in like a top six seed in the east this year they look really 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 good and you can say I'm getting ahead of myself but if we look at the talent on their team we already deemed like I don't know about you guys right is it safe to say like ahead of the season they were probably a playing team like seven through ten that's probably around where you'd place them um going into where do we the year. put them Jack do you remember I, I don't. But I, think I think I would have thought for them to be pretty high up. Well, not high, Charlotte? pretty high up. But. Yeah. 
I think he'd be higher, higher than the play-in team because I just think if they're healthy, I mean, like they they didn't have Gordon Hayward last year, and yeah. again, like, glass man. But when he's healthy and he's on, like he's he's a big dynamic playmaker. Like he he's a guy who does a little bit of everything. So yeah, I think they'd be a little bit higher than the play-in team. I think they're All probably right. like you know six or seven. I know that ugh, it's weird because seven and eight seven are is kind playing, of technically yeah. play-in. Teams. I don't like that. I think they need to get rid of the play-in. It's just when, weird. Uh, when I said play-in, I was referring to seven through ten. I wasn't saying they're going to be nine or ten. I think they'll be six through six through eight, I think. Yeah, I, I do too. And a lot of people had them pegged as that, you know, six, seven, maybe eight going into the season. And now you get this unexpected jump, supposedly, from Miles Bridges. LaMelo Ball is playing well. Uh, and everyone thought he was going to play well is what I'm trying to say. And he's playing even better, I would say, than a lot of people are expecting. He's shooting 50% from three right now in six attempts a game. So he's nine of 18 from three this season in three games. Uh, again, Bridges playing well. You know, Ubre having a better, better season than last year. Uh, Gordon Hayward playing great. He's not obviously going to be the all-star that people want him to be, but he, he's playing the role that he needs to with these young guys who are playing well. Ish Smith averaging 10 plus points. PJ Washington, who was questionable tonight, playing really well, shooting really well. Everything's lining up for Charlotte to be a really, really dangerous team. And I think they're going to be one of those guys that play spoiler to some of these big teams. Like you could see them go to seven in the first round and ruin someone run. You can see them winning a first round series against one of these top teams uh, if they're not expecting it. Like Charlotte's a dangerous team to watch out for this year. And like I was trying to get at, they're not this team who is, okay, we can take our foot off the gas. We're winning a lot. There are teams like, all right, we need to fight for everything we can possibly get at this point while we're hot. Let's go out and kill the Celtics. And I, I think that's what you're going to see tonight. I hope the Celtics can meet that with, well, we see your, your young and hungry talent and we meet you with Jason Tatum. But <laughs> we're going to have to see how it plays out because I really do think the Hornets are something to watch out for this season. And that's just not just uh, the bias that I have because I, I cover the team. I really do think they look uh, good this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're – Rounding out the show here, uh, Tim, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Celtics before you wrap up any topics or just anything you've seen from them this year that they need to improve upon, something that you've liked? Um, and uh, before that, though, shout out Emi Udoka. I don't know if you guys saw them pouring the water on him. That was fire. That, that was a really cool moment uh, after Coach Guinea's first win. But yeah, Tim, any, anything you've seen, uh, improvements that are needed to be done, things you like, just what are you thinking so far through three games? I think just trying to find like a healthy middle ground with consistency, like keep the energy consistent Um, the effort against Houston was good. Um, Just don't hesitate to try and raise that level of energy. Always try and go into a matchup with a level head. Don't play down to competition as Sam would always say, just try and keep that energy going. And um, yeah, I think just play with passion. Like when they play with passion and speed and they're really locked in, it's such fun to just, just to watch it. It's just, a joy, which last year uh, was not. So this is a very nice palate cleanser. Sam, what about you? Anything improvements that need to be done? Anything you see that's good? Like, like, like I that? said, I really just want to see them continue in an upward trend today against Charlotte. I think they looked good against Houston. Obviously, they should have. It's Houston, but I, I think this is a winnable game. I don't, I don't write off Charlotte in the slightest. I think they're legit. You know, they've played well. They've beaten good teams. Brooklyn. They look good as a team as a whole but i think the celtics have underachieved so far i think they're better than what we've seen and i think the best is yet to come i don't know it it, it's it's sad to me that we're concerned about this game not that they shouldn't be at this point 
you know, Charlotte has <laughs> I earned think it that. Speaks more to yeah, I think it speaks more to how good Charlotte's been playing, less so how poorly the Celtics are doing. But I, I mean, that. I said they should start zero. I mean, zero and eight, eight no. Stand <laughs> by it. I think they, Very should, hot. they should be on pace to it. Spicy to do it. I think they shouldn't have lost against New York. Shouldn't have lost against Toronto. Um, you know, they definitely should Houston. beat Houston. Yeah. Shout out Jalen Green, though. Shout out Jalen Green. He looks phenomenal. Looks phenomenal. But I knew that kid was going to be good. (laughs) And I think that's a that's a nice not nod to the Celtics, but it's another thing you can praise them for is they had somebody that hot playing against them and they still won, handedly won. So good on them. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I've seen is I don't know if you guys I assume you guys were listening to Scal on the broadcast last night. Uh, they supposedly set a record for the most threes shot in the first three games of regular season. And honestly, last year, I'd, I'd say that was terrible. They're hitting them. So I'm not going to complain. Like they have the difference between this year and last year is this year they have legitimate shooters throughout the entire rotation that he's running. So I, that Udoka is running. So I think that could be a good thing this season as long as they stay hot. And if they slump, hopefully they don't continue to shoot them and they try to change it up a little bit. But I, I'm liking what I see. I'm seeing so far. Um, shout out to Ime Udoka. I, I think there'll be a, a nice long career for him in Boston if he can, you know, keep up this energy and, and keep up the uh, the way he's been coaching so far. Because I've been liking what I'm seeing. But um, yeah, I, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Uh, thank you, Tim, uh, for joining us. Do you want to, you know, give all your ads, give all the stuff you're up to at the moment uh, before we wrap up here? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Tim Shields NBA. And I think my Instagram is Tim underscore Shields. Um, I've just been posting art, usually do art uh, for pre and sometimes I'll do a player post after the game. So just keep an eye out for them. Um, yeah. And hopefully I'll be getting back on vitamin C soon. Uh, other than that, you'll see me on pregame with these guys like for the Banner actual, Down build The actual vitamin C. Like I thought you, <laughs> oh, meant, no. I thought you meant like, <laughs> You were gonna like just start taking like the supplements that you no. put in a water bottle. That's like <laughs> oh, that's man. so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, hopefully say. that'll improve my mood. You know, doctors and now, <laughs> no, yeah, as like as uh, like is Tim sick? Yes. Yeah. Make sure you check out all of Tim's work. For sure. I rudely interrupted him. <laughs> and that, that's, no, that's just, well, there's literally nothing else going on in my life, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Tim Shields MBA on Twitter, correct? Yes. And the E before the I, I spelt Tim's uh, name wrong for the first, I think, month that I knew him. So I get it right now. (laughs) I get it right now. So go check everything out. Genuinely, like, the graphic design is amazing, like, professional work. Like, I mean that. Tim, I saw the the design you did for Sunday's game, and I really thought it was, like, the the team put it out. I'm not joking. Like, I was like, oh, like, oh, Tim did that. Y'all, y'all making me blush. (laughs) <laughs> not for sure definitely go check everything out there make sure to follow bannertown usa on twitter as well uh, i'm jack simone nba on twitter and then go ahead sam wrap it up yes make sure you follow the guys at tim shields nba at jack simone nba you can always see the three of us uh most pre-games with kj stepping in every once in a while when one of us cannot attend he's always great as well we have had him on you know him for sure uh, give the guys a follow. Make sure you follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. If you're watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. If you're listening, give us a nice rating on Spotify. Leave a review, whatever it takes. If you enjoy, follow uh, You know, on Apple or Spotify. Uh, you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye.